page 37, December 3rd, 2021. Hello all, and welcome to another edition of the Book Nerd Diaries. We are the meditative bi-weekly podcast that dives deep into the latest books we've crossed off of our endless to read list. Spoilers lie ahead, dear folks, so please watch your step and let's get our book nerd on. As you can probably gather from all the different types of fantasy books that have been covered on this show so far, I have a very special place in my heart for Dungeons & Dragons content. For decades, D&D has been snubbed as merely a nerd game, or even feared in the wake of the satanic panic that took hold of the U.S. in the 1980s and 90s. In recent years, however, I'm very glad to see that the tides have turned for the better. An entire slew of amazing actual play shows like Critical Role, The Adventure Zone, Dimension 20, and Join the Party, just to name a few, have brought this previously stigmatized game to the forefront of pop culture and used it to completely revolutionize the way stories are told. Instead of movies or books, where the entire plot is set in stone beforehand, D&D provides an element of improvisation where the players' choices and the rolls of their dice can suddenly take the story in directions nobody could have seen coming. On top of this, each D&D campaign is a completely personal experience. The world, the characters, and the plot are all built specifically for and by the people playing it, making no two adventures the same. Because of this high level of intimacy, actual play shows like the ones I previously mentioned, almost tell two stories at the same time, that of a fictional party of adventurers setting off together to save the world from destruction, and that of the players themselves who bring them to life, and the friendships they build as they tell a story together. Our stunning book for today, The Eye of the World by Robert Jordan, is a grand, sweeping epic, on par with the very best Dungeons & Dragons campaigns. On these pages, you'll find danger, romance, and a never-ending battle between the forces of good and evil. I will quickly note here that I have only read the book, so please forgive me in advance if I mispronounce any character or place names in the future. In the opening of our book, we meet a young girl named Edwin, who is gathering water alongside other children of her village of Iman's field. Having completed her task, She takes the water back to the village and offers it to whoever needs it. During her rounds, Egwene overhears her father and a companion named Master Althor amusing a group of eager shepherd boys with a story as they shear the sheep. Long ago, in the Age of Legend, a villain known as the Dark One terrorized the world with his followers, known as the Shadow. A great warrior, known as the Dragon, leads his followers of the light against him, and, after heavy losses, they finally manage to seal the Dark One and his retinue away, where he remains to this day. As the story ends, the queen can't help but notice a raven watching her. It is said that the Dark One used ravens as spies, so this particular little detail is enough to send chills down your spine. Next, we cut to a prologue, Set long ago. 
the great warrior known as the dragon wanders his castle aimlessly in a daze calling desperately for his wife the dark one then appears to him and clears the fog from his mind with his powers revealing that his beloved wife and his entire family and everyone else who had been in the castle are all dead in his grief the dragon calls to his magic and disappears a vast mountain looming where he had stood in frustration the dark one vows that their fight will never be over back in our main timeline many years ahead a young man named rand althor is heading down the road with his father tam to deliver a shipment of cider to iman's field rand is temporarily waylaid when he sees that they are being followed by a mysterious dark-robed man on a horse rand quickly turns to tell his father about the rider but when he looks back again the man is gone one thing i love about the start of this book is how little moments like this start building the suspense right from the get-go they continue on to the village where rand's best friend matt helps to unload the shipment of cider at the local tavern so that they can later participate in the spring festival known as bell time as they work matt confirms that he too had seen the dark-robed figure riding through town a compatriot of theirs named Aaron informs them that two other strangers have been asking a lot of questions all around the village an elegantly dressed woman named maureen and a quiet gruff man named lan who seems to be acting as her bodyguard it just so happens that the boys run directly into these two characters almost immediately after they have finished their task and headed out to join the festivities maureen introduces herself to them and explains that she has been looking into the local history of the area while she is there she asks for their help in her research and offers them each a silver coin as payment yep i'm convinced that these two are being completely honest and will have absolutely no bearing on the future plot whatsoever the boy's enjoyment seems not to last very long as soon after this a peddler named fane appears in the village square to inform all who will listen that the dragon has supposedly returned and war has broken out across the land a patrol is being set out along the perimeter of the two rivers to watch out for invading forces Grant himself wishes to be one of them but his father tam appears and instructs him that they need to leave immediately as they flee town Tam explains that he believed Rand when he saw the cloaked figure, and that there might be a mass panic when people find out. It turns out, however, that their own home is not much safer. As they sit down to their dinner that night, their home is suddenly invaded by a group of feral, half-human, half-animal beasts known as Trollocs. Rand had formerly believed Trollocs to be figures of legend, used to scare kids but he and tam end up barely escaping the encounter with their lives tam is gravely injured in the attack and so rand loads his father onto a broken cart and takes him back to the village of Field for medical treatment when rand finally sees the village in sight his heart sinks to find that much of Field has been destroyed as well in yet another trollic attack 
Desperate, Rand tries to find help for his father, but it appears that Tam's wounds are far beyond traditional healing. Enter our mysterious Lady Moraine, who happens to be an Aesedai, an elite class of people who can use magic, or the One Source, as it's called. She can save Tam from the curse on the blade that had stabbed him, but it appears that the two attacks are connected, specifically to Rand, Matt, and another of their friends named Perrin. The three boys, along with Moraine, the Queen, Lan, and a storyteller or gleeman named Tom, decide to escape and set off on a perilous journey to stop the darkness that threatens to return and overtake the world. This book made its way onto my list for this show when I saw trailers for the Wheel of Time series that is currently airing on Amazon Prime. I believe I've been vaguely hearing about the Wheel of Time books off and on since I was at least in middle school. But I'd accidentally gotten them mixed up with the equally excellent book series A Wrinkle in Time, and never realized until recently that they were very different stories. My bad. Once my initial confusion cleared up, however, I just knew I had to formally introduce myself to the Wheel of Time, as these books have clearly had enough impact on pop culture to earn themselves a television adaptation. Having now read the first book, The Eye of the World, I can very clearly see why this series is so beloved. It's a purely classic high-fantasy thrill ride that keeps you on your toes from the first page to the very last, though the quote-unquote big bad of this series, the Dark One, only appears in flashbacks and dreams. He is no less a tangible, absolutely terrifying presence throughout the entire story. Through his followers, or dark friends, as well as such innocuous animals as crows, the Dark One dauntlessly follows our group of heroes wherever they go. They aren't even safe when they fall asleep, as he appears and taunts them every single night in their nightmares, trying to make them succumb to his will. The sad thing is, however, that those who serve the light can be seen as equally dangerous. The Dragon's Followers Known as the Children of Light, waste absolutely no time suspecting anyone who does not immediately follow their rules. If someone gets on their bad side, they will find a reason to mark them as a dark friend and throw them in jail or worse. Neither the dark nor the light, however, seem to be a fan of Aes Sedai, such as Moraine. Anyone who can wield the one true source, no matter how good their intentions, is a person to be feared and hated to them. Often, Moraine has to completely hide who she is, lest her life be put in danger by those who wish her and her fellow Aesedai harm. All of this suspicion and hatred from all sides gives this book a sort of tension akin to a stretched rubber band or a water balloon being filled. As you read, you never quite know when that tension will snap, or what exactly will happen when it finally does. As we go on this journey with our disparate team of heroes, you almost feel every bit of their exhaustion as they endure one trial after another, and share in their relief when these trials were overcome. Clocking in at around 750 pages, I wasn't sure at first, if I'd even finished the Eye of the World before my library hold ended, 
I was absolutely thrilled to find, however, that I absolutely devoured this book within a week, and thoroughly enjoyed every single second of it. It turns out that the hype is very much earned after all. In the end, I would highly recommend this book and this series to anyone looking for a good old-fashioned high-fantasy adventure. On these pages, we follow a brave group of adventurers setting off to fight the wrongs of the world and encountering all sorts of dangers along the way. If thrills, chills, and tons of magic are what you seek, then I promise you'll enjoy this immensely. If you do, then good news. There are a total of 13 other books in the Wheel of Time series, as well as the TV show, just waiting for you. As always, some features of this book might be upsetting for some readers, so please be sure to take a look at the content warnings in our show notes before checking it out for yourself. With that, we now conclude our main discussion for today, dear listeners. But fear not, there's still more Book Nerd Diaries headed your way after this quick break. How to See a Man About a Dog by Samuel Knox is a bold experiment in style and storytelling. This collection weaves starkly comic and deeply humanist stories into a heartbreaking and hilarious journey that readers will not soon forget. Written over the course of 11 years, this meticulously crafted instant cult classic by breakout author Samuel Knox searches for light in the darkest corners of modern life. Read How to See a Man About a Dog, Collected Writings, for a wholly original and ultimately illuminating experience. The ebook is available on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited, and print copies are available on Amazon, Alibri, and more. Go check it out, folks. And welcome back, everybody. Now that we're on the other side of our break, let's now go to that nerdiest part of our show, the Trivia Corner. In this segment, we give you all a trivia question that's related in some way to our book for today. As we're diving into the Wheel of Time books today, Here's a very timely question for you. Ready? Your question is, What does the acronym GMT stand for? Is it A. Global Mean Time B. Glasgow Mean Time or C. Greenwich Mean Time? I'll give you a chance to pause this right now if you'd like to make a guess before we continue. Have you guessed? Well, your answer is C, Greenwich Mean Time. In 1675, King Charles II formally established the Royal Observatory of Greenwich, England as the official starting point of each new day. As a result, GMT, or Greenwich Mean Time, has been the standard by which the rest of the world has set their clocks ever since. My source for this question was Thrillist.com, and you can find the link in our episode notes. Now that we've filled our brains with knowledge, I'm afraid to say that we have reached the end of our literary journey for today. We are certainly so grateful that you've joined us. 
Before we leave you, we simply must say thank you beyond words to Julie and Katie, aka one of the very best sisters a podcaster could ever ask for, for being our incredible subscribers at patreon.com slash bndpod. We truly can't do what we do without them. This podcast is currently a main source of income for us, so if you would like to help us keep the proverbial lights on, you too can get perks like early ad-free episodes, two bonus episodes a month, notes, scripts, and more, for as little as $2 a month. So please come join us. Speaking of keeping the lights on, we'd also like to give a special shout-out to author Samuel Knox and Foxhound for so kindly being our sponsor for this episode. If you wish, please check out the links in our show notes to see where you can learn more about them and check out Samuel Knox's book for yourself. Finally, thank you so much to the wonderful people who have supported our work by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, sharing our episodes on social media, or telling the people in their lives about us. You are incredible. Next week, Friday, December 10th, we'll be releasing a bonus episode just for our dear Patreon subscribers, and we'll be back in two weeks to open another page of the Book Nerd Diaries. We'll see you then. The Book Nerd Diaries is written, edited, researched, and hosted by me, Amber Wilchin. Thank you so much to the wonderful Astro Freck from Pixabay for the use of our theme song, The Grand Entrance, and One Tomorrow Too, also from Pixabay, for our incidental music that plays during the Trivia Corner segment, as well as Sincerely Media on Unsplash for our wonderful cover art. If you would like to connect with us online, please follow us on Instagram or Twitter at BNDPod, on Facebook at Book Nerd Diaries, or via our website at bndpod.wordpress.com. All the links you need are in our show notes, so come say hi. If you have any comments, questions, or ideas for future episodes to send my way, please feel free to drop us an email anytime at bndpod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, everyone, please be good to yourselves, because the world needs you. And don't forget to support your local library.